Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. Thank you that your words are spirit in their life. The man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of your mouth. We open our hearts, Lord, to receive of your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I'm going to start this morning in Psalm 3. Psalm, third Psalm. O Lord, how my adversaries have increased. Many are rising up against me. There is no deliverance for him in God. Selah. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he answered me from his holy hill. Selah. I lay down and slept. I awoke, but the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of peoples who have set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord. Save me, O my God, for you have smitten all my enemies on the cheek. You have shattered the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the God, to the Lord. Your blessing be upon your people. Silah. What is it about this word, Silah? What is, what is Silah? This is, I, it's a message I preached like several, several months ago, but I felt the Lord said preach it again, so here we are. But I want to look at that word, Silah. A lot of times we, we, we read something like that in Psalms, we just kind of skim over it and keep going. But it's, uh, the word Selah is found, uh, I know people really are interested in this, 74 times in the Bible. It's all in the book of Psalms except the prophet Habakkuk. I was just reading Habakkuk last week. And he comes to that third chapter and three times in the third chapter of Habakkuk, he uses this phrase Selah. But other than that, it's only found in the Psalms. And it's, uh, there's no, when you figure out, we try to guess what it means, there's no, no uh, universal acceptance of a particular uh, interpretation of that word. The exact meaning is unknown primarily because there's no consensus regarding the Hebrew root word from which it comes. Now, I'm not a Hebrew, I'm not a Hebrew, I know nothing about Hebrew, but I heard a Hebrew scholar one time say that uh, all the Hebrew language is based on uh, root words. There's, certain, there's, multi, there's several root words, and every other word recedes out of that. So, but there's no consensus on, on what the root word is for this word, silah. Some think that it means a, uh, a musical interlude because the Psalms, a lot of the Psalms are sung. So I think it's like a musical interlude. Another possible translation is to measure to measure or weigh in the balances. And others think it should be rendered praise, or to praise or to lift up. And, and another commentator believes it means to pause. And the Amplified Bible says this about the word when it appears. It is, it is in parentheses, it says pause and calmly think about that. Perhaps the best way to think of Silah I found, this, I found this in some commentary. I forget which one it was, 
It really hit me as the truth. This one commentator says, I, perhaps the best way to think of sila is a combination of meanings. When we see the word in Assam or in Habakkuk, we should pause, carefully weigh the meaning of what we have just read or heard, lifting our hearts in praise to God. So I'm going to say that again. The best way to think of Salah is to think it means a word that we should pause to carefully weigh the meaning of what we just heard and lifting our voice in praise to God. So I just want to establish that kind of like as a, as a foundation of this message. Now turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 7. I'm going to start, I'll start reading in verse 11. The men of Israel went out to Mizpah and pursued the Philistines and struck them down as far as below Bethkar. Then Samuel the prophet took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shen and named it Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has helped us. And it doesn't say Silah, but I want to stick one in there. Thus far the Lord has helped us, Silah. If you, to, to understand the context of, of this scripture, we would have to go back about 20 years, actually about to, to around chapter 4. And these Philist, the Philistines were the perennial enemies of Israel. And 20 years earlier, there had been a battle, and Israel had lost. And the, ark, the, the, the Philistines captured the ark of God and brought it back to their country and set it in their temple in front of their, their god named Dagon. And what happens, it's really great because the next day, the following day, they went out to the temple to check on what has going down. And, the, and this lifeless statue had fallen prostrate before the, the ark of God. And they, they, put it, they put it all back together. They said, oh, it must have been something shook it. So they put it all back together. And they went out the next day. Same thing. The Dagon, the God, is bowed down at the, at, the, uh, at, at the ark of God. And his hands and his feet are cut off. So, but when, so after the, after the, the, the ark was in, in, the, in the hands of the Philistines, the Bible says that, uh, that the Lord ravaged them and smote them. So God's, God didn't like being where he was, and, he, and he, boils began to break out on him. Boils and uh, abscesses, and he had a plague of mice. And when all those things happened, they said, maybe, maybe it's because we have the ark of God. So they, they ended up sending it back to Israel, and it was in the house of a man named Abinadab for 20 years. So, in the, and then, so this is what, there was a battle, the ark was lost, the ark is back, and it's been sitting in Abinadab's house for 20 years. And then in chapter 7 it says, in verses 3 through 5, Then Samuel spoke to the house of Israel, saying, If you return to the Lord with all your heart, remove the foreign gods and the Ashtoreth from among you, and direct your hearts to the Lord, and serve him alone. He will deliver you from the hand of the Philistines. So the sons of Israel removed the Baals, and the Ashtoreth, and served the Lord alone. And Samuel said, Gather Israel to Mizpah, and I'll pray to the Lord for you. So Samuel says, It's time for us to come out from under this, the Philistines' rule, and we're going to gather at Mizpah, we're going to fight the Philistines. So, Pastor, where are you going with all this? Hang in there for just a few minutes. We'll get there. It's one, it's one of these messages where it take, takes about a half hour to set it up, and the final message is like just a couple minutes. But we're getting there, praise the Lord. So anyway, the ark is back. There's going to be a battle. 
And Samuel offers burnt offerings. In verse 10, Samuel's offering to the Philistines drew near in battle, but the Lord thundered with a great thunder on that day against the Philistines, and he confused them so that they were routed before Israel. So Israel wins the battle, and Samuel took a stone and set it between Mizpah and Shen and named it Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has helped us. So they have this battle with the Philistines. You know, I don't know, maybe this is just me, but when I read some scriptures, I think they just they make it sound so... Uh, so easy, but there was a there was a hand to hand combat. They they fight. There's, there's, when this battle is over, I mean, there's guys laying on the ground screaming. They're fatally wounded. There's blood all over the place. This is this is really, uh, you know, this is terrible terrible warfare. But Samuel, in the mid, when they defeat the Philistines, Samuel sets up a stone and calls it Ebenezer, saying, "Thus far, the Lord has helped us." Samuel puts up a marker as if to say, let's pause. It's like he puts a marker there. It's like a marker. Let's pause. And he doesn't, he doesn't say this, but I can almost sense his, his heart. Let's pause and consider carefully weigh what, and consider what just happened, what God just did for us, lifting our hearts in praise to God. This is kind of a, it doesn't say Selah, but it's kind of a Selah moment in the, in the nation of Israel. You know, they won this battle, and the, 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 the one who's been judging them, the prophet Samuel, puts a marker down and says, we, we, we thank you, Lord, you brought us this far. And that's, that's a lesson that I feel like the, the less we can gain from this is that sometimes we need to take a moment, a selah moment in our own lives, when we just pause and carefully weigh and remember what God has done for us, lifting our hearts in voices in praise and thanksgiving to him. Sila, a sila moment. The same way that, same way that Samuel put a stone down, I, I feel like the Lord says, from, from time to time, every one of us, every, needs to stop and just thank God for what he's done and what he's doing in our lives. So he's at, he's at this marker, he's at the, where the stone is, and he stops, and I, I, look, I took it this way. First of all, we need to look back. When we take a silah moment, we need to look back and remember what God has done for us, what he's rescued us out of. Remember and thank him, praise him for what he's done in your past, that he drew you by his spirit. For the Bible, Jesus said, no man comes to me unless the Father draws him. But the Father was drawing on you. The reason why you're saved today, the reason why I'm saved is because God drew us. I didn't seek him on my own. He started to work the circumstances that changed my heart. My, I remember somebody gave my, my wife a copy of a book called, uh, now I, I forget what it was called, The, the Late Great Planet Earth, Hal Lindsey. Remember? Anybody? Read? That, was a, that was a long time ago. Uh, some of the old timers. Remember Hal? He wrote this book, The great, Late Great Planet Earth. And it's about, he's, it's about his, what he thinks about what's going to happen according to the book of Revelation. And with that, somebody put that book in my, in my, and I read it. I was drawn to it. I read the whole thing through just in almost no time at all. And then God was softening my heart. And then God touched my heart when we lived in Florida that second time. And I ended up getting saved. So we need to stop. Every once in a while, we need to just stop. You know, we, we get so busy living life. We need to just stop and look around and say, God, I want to look back and see the good things you've done for me. 
Now there is, there is a scripture in Philippians chapter 3 where the Apostle Paul says, forgetting those things that lie behind. But those are, those are things that are hindering, forgetting the things that hindered us. With Paul, there was, it was uh, his status as a Jew, a Pharisee, his education made him a very proud man. So he had to kind of put that aside because, because that would hinder his going, be, that kind of pride would hinder him going forward. But it's not wrong to look back at the good things that God did for you previously and thank him and say, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for God. You know? for, thank you, Lord, for that time you got me out of that mess I made. Or you saved my life, or you healed me, or you blessed me. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9, it says, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor the effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, or swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. I mean, their, their lives are a mess. But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Spirit of God. So we were all a mess, but God came along and drew us to him. And we ended up getting saved. That's why we're here today. It's because of what God has done in our life. But some people, some of us were bound by emotional distress, emotionally a mess. Some of us were suicidal, bound by demonic power, tormented by fear, addicted to gambling or alcohol or drugs. We lived our life full of anger, wounded, hurt. This is who we were, but God came and saved us. And maybe, that's, maybe that's not you. You know, when I say that, there's a lot of people who say, well, that's not me, I was never that bad. But maybe you were Mr. Nice Guy. You were honest and upright. You were a model citizen, morally pure, financially responsible. You never hurt anybody. You were always helping people. And you, and you would convince your own righteousness would have got you to heaven. And then God came along and showed you that we're just, we're just as much a sin as anybody else. In Matthew chapter 7, it says, The gate is wide, and the broad, and the road, broad is the road that leads to destruction. And there's some really nice people on that road. And there's some really reprobate people on that road, criminals on that road. But unfortunately, they're all heading for what? For disaster. Because it's not the road that leads to life, it's the road that leads to death. So sometimes we need to take a silah moment and look back. Well, I tell you, there's so many things in my life that, that I can think of for reasons to thank God for what he's done in my life. And I, my wife and I. I thank God for my wife. The greatest gift that God ever gave me, except for salvation, is my wife. The Bible says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Well, I found a good thing. I really did. She's wonderful. But the, the way he's blessed us, we've come through some hard times. But it's easy for me to look back and say, God, thank you for what you've done. Thank you for bringing me this far. I'm just going to put down a marker. Now, you don't stop here. There's just a marker along the way. But you put one down and you say, I'm just going to take a breath. I'm going to stop and look around and see what God has done for me and thank him and praise him. So first thing we look, we can look back. The next thing we can do is look around. Just see where you're at. Say, God, thank you. You know, I, little things hit me sometimes. I feel like I'm such a dork. But I was getting ready to go downstairs in my house, and it was nighttime. And so I reached over and I flicked a light switch. I thought, how many thousands of years did people not, did people not just hit a light switch and get light in their house? I mean, I've got, I've got a house that heats, that keeps itself warm automatically. 
I mean, it's amazing. I thank God for the clothes. I thank God for everything we have. I thank God for our children. I thank God for just for blessing me. You know, how many people walk to church today? You know, you got a reason to thank God. We were at Walmart the other day, and it was snowing. It was cold, and it was snowing. And off to the side is, a, is an Amish horse and buggy. They get to Walmart in a horse and, on a horse and buggy. I get to Walmart in a heated car. So you get, there's so much to be thankful for. Look around. You know, don't be negative. Don't, don't let the devil throw that negativity on you. Somebody said, are you, are you a half full or a half empty glass person? God wants to be a half full person. Not that we can't desire more, not that we can't be wanting for more, but satisfied from where we're at, thanking God for all he's done in our lives. So we have to look back and see where he's brought us and look around and thank God for everything. For the food, you know, I was, I, we were in, oh, I'm sorry, it's not price shopper, it's Market 32. We were in Market 32 the other day, and I looked, and over in the refrigerator section is, a, is a, like a hundred-foot wall full of beer, all different kind of beer. Now, this is amazing. This country so they get a they get a whole aisle full of dog and cat food, you know the whole aisle full of chips and soda. I mean, how many how, you know how many thousands of years people had to grow their own food? If they wanted a light in the night, they had to light a candle or make a fire or something. We have it so made, and I just I, God, I'm so glad I'm alive now. And I'm so glad I'm living in this country. But if you've never been to a third world country, boy, you're gonna love America. You really will. We've been to Costa Rica. We've been to Dominican Republic, but. but this is the greatest country on earth. It's wonderful. So we stop. We look, just look around. Thank God. Don't, don't, let the, don't let the devil make you into a negative person. Be happy. Love God. And love, thank God because I'm convinced that God can't bless us any more than we're, if we're not thankful for what we have. If you're thankful for what you have, he'll bless you. And he will. He's always with us. He never leaves us or forsakes us. I just thank God that I'm saved. And so we can... We can look back and see where he's brought us from. We can look around and thank God for what we have. And then again, and then the third thing is we can look forward to where God's bringing us. We thank God by faith for where he's bringing us. How does your future look? Bright or dim? Mine looks bright. But I keep, there's a scripture I keep praying for my wife and I and for the family. With long life I'll satisfy you, the Bible says, and show you my salvation. I said, God, I'm waiting. I want to see that. I want to see signs and wonders, miracles happen in our church and, and show yourself glorious in our midst. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 18 says, The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn. It grows brighter and brighter to the full, full day. I believe our best days are ahead of us because God, God hasn't, he's not done. He's never done. In, in Psalm 5 it says, Let all those who put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy because thou defendest them, that those who love your name may exult in you. For it is you who bless the righteous man, O Lord. You surround him with favor as with a shield. God, God, grace is working in our lives to bring us to a place of glory. The Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. If you're walking with God, your steps are going to be ordered. God will order your steps. And bring you into your fulfillment, into your destiny. We have a future, the Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 29. We have, the Lord has a future and a hope for us. Good things are going to happen. Just believe it. They will. So, but from time to time, we as Christians need to stop 
And he like put down a marker and say, God, thus far you've brought me. Now, my next marker is going to be down there somewhere, but I'll do it again. Periodically, we need to be a grateful people. We need to be a grateful people. So periodically, we need to stop the busyness of life and say, look around and say, God, thank you for where you've brought me from. Thank you for what I have today, and thank you for where I'm going. By faith, I believe I'm going to a good place, to a better place, with your favor upon my life. Throughout our lives, we need to periodically take a moment we just pause and reflect on the goodness of God and give him thanks. And that's the message for today. That's the people that God wants us to be. Let's pray. Lord, I just pray you'd help us to remember to pause from time to time, to take a see-thou moment, you might say, to consider what you've done for us, where you're, what you're doing for us and where you're taking us, and lifting our voice in thanks and praise for your goodness, your faithfulness, your love, and your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Don't let the... De- oh, that's what I want to do. I'll just... Th- I had this in my notes. I want. I wanted to say it, but I forgot. One of, the, one of the greatest sins of Israel, the nation of Israel, when they were in the wilderness, was that every time God tested them, they grumbled and complained. They never, they never went to say, God, you, you, you've done all this in our lives. I thank you that you'll do it again. They grumbled and complained. One of the... So don't be a grumbler or complainer. Be a praiser. Thank God for everything you have. And he'll bless you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word and that you be filled with his love and strength as you daily serve him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.